granddaughter wow she is growing and uh, expanding every day thanks a lot baby this is dj mark henderson aka the master killer aka gary seven and you're listening to the new episode of for the love of house podcast on today's episode we go back into the circle of the dancer my guest today is preeminent new york city house dancer and instructor sibo terry carr Uh, I want to shout out to all of my listeners in the Republic of Brooklyn. Uh, Special shout out because I want you to be sure to check out the House of BAV Brooklyn style. That's right, folks. The sponsor of our podcast has opened a second location in Brooklyn. And it's at the uh, King's Plaza Mall in Brooklyn. So be sure to check that out. You won't be disappointed. All right, everybody stay tuned. We'll be back. With Sibo Terry Carr. For the love of house, we'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. She may have told me so. Peace. Hi, I'm Cortez. And I'm Bridget. Welcome to House, house of BAV. House of BAV is the home of Born Again Vintage. It also houses other local creatives, artisans, and designers from the community. We sell one-of-a-kind, handmade, and original items. But House of BAV is more than a boutique. It's an experience. So come check us out at 359 Main Street in East Orange. You can also reach us online at the website www.houseofbav.com. Thank you. Urban Element. Every Monday night, let the housing project take you on a musical journey for soulful brothers from the Jersey Shore serving the best in house music. Check out the Urban Deep Element show Monday at 8 p.m. only on Global House Movement Mixcloud.com. Hey, Househeads, I have a very special guest on the podcast today. Um, Over the course of the podcast, from time to time, we have entered the circle of dance. Um, And today we're going to revisit that area because it's one of my favorite parts of the culture. Um, On the podcast today, I have the preeminent instructor and house dancer, Sibo Terry Carr. Welcome yo, to- Yo, yo, everybody, what's good? This is Creating Energy Beyond the Ordinary. Sibo, what's good? What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? What's All up? right, that's the acronym, Sibo. Yeah, that's it. Well, I created it. I made it into an acronym. It's actually a family nickname that I made into an acronym. Okay, say it again. What is it, Creating? Creating Energy Beyond the Ordinary. Fantastic. Um, so, when did you know you were a dancer, Sibo? I'm a dancer? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, I, I've, it, I've never actually thought of it as me being a dancer. I just moved to music. Okay. Um, it's not something that I've actually, like, well, I, I mean, obviously now I can I consider myself a dancer, but when I was doing it, I was just doing what I saw around me. And did that start at an early age for you? Very early age. Uh, my family is from Antigua. I was born in St. Thomas, so Carnival is very much a part mm-hmm. of my family household. Um, so, you know, if, if you're from the Caribbean, what you know is harvest, planting, and Carnival. <laughs> right, right. I mean, they go, they go for like 24 hours uh, sometimes. Yeah, yeah, for an entire week, yeah. <laughs> That's something. I'm thinking about the movie I saw, uh, Black Orpheus, back in the day. Yeah, uh, yep, which, yep, 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 yep. Yeah, which takes place during Carnival. I always wanted to go to Brazil after seeing that movie, but uh, yeah, it looks like a fun time. It it is it is something to behoove, and every island has their own different spin on it. Um, but it's all pretty much the same thing, you know, giving 
thanks for harvest. It's actually done during harvesting most of the time. It's done when the crops are done and everybody has harvested, so there's abundance of food, obviously, and then it's just party time after that. That's, right, right, right. You work so hard, and then you, then yep. you got to release. Good. Yep, 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 yep. So when you started to dance, what, uh, was it a particular um, style of, of, of dance that you first got into, or you, you, you go over many different genres? Um, so, you know, my family then moved to the United States. We were in the Bronx, and from the Bronx, we moved to um, Far Rockaway. From Far Rockaway, we moved to Brooklyn. From Brooklyn, we moved to East Orange, New Jersey, and then my mom finally settled in Irvington around 1990, 1994-ish, mm-hmm. so around that, around that time, we finally found ourselves in Irvington. So I grew up all over the place but i guess um for me like you know it was just being around a whole bunch of different things so i you know obviously i started off breaking like everybody else um if you want to go by like style so like i started off breaking and then from there it just moved into all the party dances that were going on, the Wop, the Running Man, the Fila, the, the Reebok, the Roger Rabbit, the Pee Wee Herman, all of that stuff, doing all <laughs> that. Um, and, you know, it transcended into, and I I guess if you, if you did it chronologically, house dance is probably the last dance that I probably learned. Okay. All the dances that I learned, but I just went through whatever was going on around the way now uh see well i'm a little older than you so um when i'm talking about my dance experience i'm talking about uh uh the sasquatch uh the the freak the body <laughs> language uh, <laughs> you're talking uh about, the bump the snake the yeah bump. yes yeah. but here's something interesting i always wondered like so so coming up in high school right when you would go to the dance um, everybody basically did the same dance. Whatever dance was out, that's what right. everybody did. Right. Um, but I always wondered, like, some somebody was the first person to come up with this movement. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Somebody was the first person to come up with the bump or the snake or the rock. But I, I imagine no one would believe them if they said, yo, no, I invented that, right? I mean, how did this movement um I think generate? now no one would believe them because it's gone because it's been handed down so many different times but i think throughout the course of time the movements have i I wouldn't say have stayed exactly the same but they've stayed around the same in the same vein and people have just remixed it so at this point it's pretty tough to be like yeah i i created that from beginning to end a lot of it is like well i saw this and saw that and put it together and made this step yeah, I imagine. I imagine that's how it happens. Yeah. So it's it's really tough for people to be like, yeah, I created it. It's more along the lines of I sequenced it. Like I no one did it, <laughs> like no that. one did it the way I did it in this sequence, which makes it mine. Which is which is very valid. You know what I mean? It's not like yeah. it's not it's not invalid. But yeah, I mean, good thing is though a lot of the party dances that we know, like Running Man. Like, they're associated to people who made it famous. Like, yeah, people were doing it, but nobody was doing it like Peter Paul or Stretch or Link. Right, or, right, right, you know right. I mean? So um, a lot of those dances are related to people directly mm-hmm. now anyway. Um, but again, you know, no one thinks of Stretch or Link when they think of the party machine. They think of whatever video they saw it in or whatever. Right. I mean, even like, um, I mean, there's all this controversy about the moonwalk. And when, when that came from, but um, uh, it's I was watching um, Cabin in the Sky. I think that was done in nineteen I don't know thirty five or something. Cabin in the Sky right. with Lena Horne, right? And there's a scene where the guy is tap dancing and he does the damn moonwalk in nineteen thirty four. Yeah, well, <laughs> then it was called like I think it was called like the Heffalump or something like something along those lines is what it was called then. Um, again. The movement itself hasn't changed much, but it's changed a little bit. You know what I mean? But again, it's not necessarily associated with who created it. It's more about who made it famous. So, right, right, right. You know what I mean? Michael Jackson by far made the moonwalk famous. 
but even he didn't create it. He just saw somebody else do it and he put his spin on it. Put his own spin on it. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. Well, I'm just going to let you know my history with house dancing. Um, I'm not a dancer, but I'm a lover of the art form. Um, The first time I encountered it, actually one of my good friends is a house dancer and he used to tell me about it. Um, Do you know Africa? You know Africa? Yeah, I know Africa very well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good friend of mine and he, he was first telling me about it and then I went to the uh, HDI, the first one, the right. House Dance International. National, right, 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 right. And I just fell in love with the whole scene, the the camaraderie of it, the the international aspect. There were dancers from all over the world there, and uh, I just fell in love with it. Um, so, can you give us an idea, like, or what you know of how how house how House Dance started, or? So wait, let me get this straight. That was your first time in the house was at HDI? Are you kidding me? Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, such a sheltered life you've lived. Okay, let's catch let's me up. Back for you. Um, <laughs> catch me up. Uh, again, I come to the United States and we're moving all around. And <clears throat> excuse me, my brothers, I am the middle child of seven. Um, so my oldest brother is probably around the same age as you, I would assume. Mm -hmm. Um, and so he is a shelter, garage, loft head, um, club 88. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, what's the other spot that he used to go to in East Orange? Um, was it a bogeys? Uh, no, this is pre bogeys. This is, um, Scott's Manor. Okay. Yeah. Scott's Manor. Um, and then my second oldest brother is, again, also a very much party head. We're talking Red Zone days, Zanzibar, Sensations, mm-hmm. all that. And then there's me and, and my brother right before me, and we are a culmination of all of that. So I'm hearing all of this. My first time in the club is 1989. My first club experience is the Zanzibar. Okay. Now, was that Zanzibar? I went to Zanzibar around 80, around the same time, but it was kind of like on the down end. You know, there's a point where Zanzibar was kind of like on on its way out, sort of. Right. Um, And this was like towards the end of Humphreys when like, you know, there were a bunch of guest DJs and he would come in later on in in the night, so on and so forth. But yeah, that was, that was, and at that time, the dancers that were going to the party were, pretty much Kev and all the low heads from downtown. Those are all who are going to the party. And so I'm just giving you guys how I got into the scene. Um, and so from there, Zanzibar is, was at connected to Robert tree hotel. Um, and so last call around there was one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning. Um, and if the party wasn't like packed, that was it. The party was done. And so we would walk to Penn station and go into the city, hang out in the city, because at that time there were no 24-hour buses. One, two o'clock in the morning, buses are done, unless you plan on, you know, hot-stepping it all the way home. Mm-hmm. And we would meet up with all the city heads. And that's where we started going to House of Nation, um, Sound Factory Bar, Limelight, Tunnel, uh, Union Square, like all these parties. Um, and so... At the time, it was not considered house dance yet. It was still just clubbing. You were just, you were a club head. That's what you were. Um, it wasn't house dance. I don't think that term came around until, um, I want to say like 90, 91, when Brian Green did an event called the House Dance Conference. Okay. Um, and then from there, I mean, prior to then, people were already calling it house but I think from that moment, it went like house. Like everybody was just like house, 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 house. Um, and again, the dance that was being done then was more a combination of everything that was hot that was going on in the scene than the house dance that everybody knows now as house dance. Right. Um, and a, a lot of people knowing what ho- house dance that everyone knows is house dances due to a group called world soul, AKA dance fusion, which is 
Brian, Marge, Q, um, Shanas, Khalif, um, who else is in it? Azu. Was uh, Brooklyn Terry part of that? Uh, not yet. Nah, mm -hmm. Brooklyn Terry is in my generation. Okay. He, and I, he and I came into the scene together at the exact same time. Oh, um, so so you're talking about the forefathers of, of this movement. Yeah, this is this is Ejo. Yeah, this is this is the the people when we got into the scene, they were already <laughs> they were already like doing this already probably six, seven years prior to us coming into it. Oh, okay. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and prior to them was like Archie, Bravo, that was the generation before them, and then there's a generation before them, right? Um so this whole thing has now come full force and the steps that people are doing are now being quote unquote codified. Like everybody's doing a loose leg. Everybody's doing a shuffle. Everybody's doing a pot of rare or a sidekick. And so it's just like, all right, if you are doing, if you're going to the party, these are steps that you have to have in your arsenal in right. order to be considered decent not even good at this point just to be considered decent now if you wanted to be considered let's just say if you wanted to be on a guest list and you did not have to pay to get into the party <laughs> then, you, <laughs> then you had to be real good you know right I mean? right because the dancers make the party really yes exactly. in a way yeah the dancers so, make the party yeah so if you wanted to be on the guest list then you definitely were, were had to do something to get yourself on the guest list, and that meant being able to control the dance floor all night. It was more than just being able to do steps. It was more like the DJ would look at you and be like, "Oh, when I drop this record, he's going to go crazy." Right. That type of control. <laughs> so that's where that went. In terms of the, you know, how house dancing looks it seems to be um from what i from the outside looking in um mm -hmm. it seems to be a lot of um just an amalgamation of a lot of different you know some of it looks like like footwork like tap dancing and then there's there's groundwork there's um sort of athletic moves yeah. uh, there what would you say that are the elements of house dancing that it's dra the drawn three major elements of house yeah. are considered footwork turns and floors are the three elements in what we consider to be house today. Um, and it's, each one of those has its masters, as you can say, or people who specialize in it. Um, most of the really good house dancers that you know or that you see have a great high proficiency in all three, meaning they can do really good footwork, really good turns, and really good floors, right? Yeah, um, yeah. You have specialists, people who are just like really good with footwork, but they don't necessarily have the terms, and they definitely don't go down on the floor. Or you have people who go down on the floor, but don't necessarily do a lot of footwork and don't necessarily have terms. I so see. So those are the elements of house that you see. Um, and nine times out of ten, again, like I said, if you're looking at a house dancer that you know, that you like, it's probably someone who has a good understanding of how to put those things together well so that put those things together well so that the story or the moment that is going on right now can be portrayed for everybody to understand and that's now, normally something controlled by music now um once you have all those three things in your arsenal in, in terms of uh, the vocabulary putting it together how much improvisation is is um, is involved in it? Is uh, every time you dance, is it something new, or is it something you did before, or are you putting it in a different order, or how does that work? Think about it like a recipe, right? Um, you have a recipe, and you can choose to follow that recipe, and the cake will come out exactly how that recipe is. Or you can do what is called doctoring, where you add things into the recipe. Well, you add things to the recipe and it can either be good or it can be bad. That's exactly what we do in dance. We have all of these ingredients and we have a recipe and we can choose to use the, the ingredients exactly how it is and follow the, the recipe to a T 
or we can add our own stuff to it. Nine times out of 10, we add our own stuff to it just so that it doesn't come out like everyone else's. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a great analogy, uh, Sibo. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking of, um, the other thing I, I noticed is the dancer sort of like, um, at least at HDI, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, um, when a dancer, uh, when that music plays, you may not have heard that music before. Correct. That, that might be the first time you're hearing it. Correct. And it's amazing the way the dancers would able to incorporate, would use the music and incorporate the music into their into the routine in a way. You know what I mean? Um, that's part. Of, that's a skill in itself. That's part of that improvisation that you're talking about, um, because you're listening to sound. You're able to hear sound and move to sound differently. And when certain sounds hit you, you're, you tend to move in a certain way. So when this is your first time hearing it, depending on if it's a good song or if it's a bad song, then you know exactly where you can go and your body will just autopilot it, if you will, into that particular set of movements that reside within you. Now, the thing about that is a lot of people just like feel like, Oh, the music moves me, so I'm gonna just drop on the floor and do anything. No, 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 no. This is this is years of moving to music and getting a vernacular and getting an understanding of what sound is and when it's going to drop and how it's going to drop and what the DJ is going to do and how low the music is versus how high the music is. There's a whole lot of things that go into this improvisation that people often mistake as not knowing where it's actually a higher acuity of knowing that you have <laughs> that allows you to do that yeah yeah i mean uh, they, like like in jazz they say it um people kind of think even improvisation moves through a structure you know right it's not just play anything you know you still have to stay in the same you know keys and, and whatnot right but within that framework you can be very creative exactly mm -hmm. I, the best way to be free is to understand the construct which is what we as black and brown people understand the most because of just our very nature of who we are like we have to understand the rules we we specifically have to because if not it could be a dire thing right 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 so in understanding the rules then you know how you can weave and go in and out and in between and what works and what does not work but if you don't know what the rules are then that's when that, oh, I can be offbeat and it's okay. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't work that way. Yeah, that's interesting too. A lot of times you'll see, uh, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, some that's important too. Like sometimes you'll see somebody dancing up a storm, but they're not quite on beat. So <laughs> right. it doesn't quite work, like, you know. Right. Yeah. Um, and again, people are like, well, that's just the way I hear it. And that's the way I'm interpreting it. Okay, that's fine. Um, and when you're at a club, and this is where the differentiations come into play, like when you're at a club, you are actually free to do exactly that. Be, But when you step into a situation where you are saying you're a teacher or you're saying you're battling or you're representing for a specific style, then that's something totally different. Right, right, right. You have to be on point. Right. Exactly. Um, you, you're now considering yourself to be a representative of that style, of that community, of that culture. And therefore, you have to speak for the culture on a whole. You can, it can't be, a, oh, this is what I like to do. And as I said, I didn't necessarily like the limelight, but you heard me just mention it, right? I mentioned it because right. it was a party that people went to. It wasn't a party that I like to venture to a lot. But it was a party that was part of the scene. Like you just can't just pick and choose. You have to represent for the culture on the whole. Right. Fantastic. And it's, it's such a beautiful culture. The other thing I love about it, and I always say this, is how inclusive it is. You find people from every walk of life really involved in, in this house music culture. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, you I'm, just like you said, when you went to HDI, there was everybody there. So imagine what it was like when we stepped into a club and it was just like everybody from everywhere <laughs> yeah. yeah um i literally have friends from all over the world that i met at a dance club in new york city how about that 
You know what I mean? I didn't have to travel anywhere. And I mean, like, from all over. And if, to this day, they're like, oh, remember when we went to this party together? Like, that's <laughs> what brought us together. Right. I'm, I'm also, um, and then that relationship between the DJ and the dancer reminds me of, uh, um, I also do a little bit of African drumming and, or the relationship between music and the dancer, but there's a, there's a connection. Um, when you're drumming, the dancer and the, the dancer and the drummer have a connection and they work each other. They work with each other. You know, the drummer speeds up, the dancer speeds up, slows down, or the, or the drummer might even take a cue from the dancer and change a beat. It Would you say that's similar to the relationship between the DJ and the dancer in a club setting? Very much so. Um, and you may even know my brother. My brother drums as well. Um, Stan. Uh, yeah, that's, that's the exact relation right there. Like, the DJ is the drummer. And the dancers are the dancers. They're moving to that sound. Um, and it, if you talk to any DJ, he's going to say the party is the dancer. And if you talk to any dancer, he's going to say the party is the DJ. Right. <laughs> like, that's the symbiosis. Like, if the DJ is not good, I'm not going to the party. And the, D, the DJs are like, if no dancers are going to be there, I'm not sitting at the party. <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? yeah. There's an energy that goes back and forth between them. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um it's that that chicken and egg conundrum that that continually goes on Mm -hmm. um but it it is a very important thing to have that that connection to a dj and the djs know how to play the music for the people that are in the party and it's not even djs in my time didn't play music for dancers specifically they paid for the party for the people in the party so it was like all right let me see how this this song is going to make you move how this song is going to make you feel like it was an experimentation on them and an experimentation on us. Cause I would hear stuff from when my mom was, would, would play stuff in the house cleaning. And I'd be like, what are they playing in the club right now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I'd hear some stuff that I'd never heard before that. It was so good that I couldn't dance to. Like I literally could not move. <laughs> wow. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I can, the first time I heard um, Kenny Bobian's Thank You, Thank You, Thank You, I was just like, what song is this? <laughs> and it was just like, that, da dum da dum da I was just like, yo, what is this? And I, 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 just, I just stood there the entire time listening to that song. And still sometimes to this day, if the DJ plays it right, like the song before it and the song after it is right, I still can't dance it. I'm just like, I gotta, I just gotta listen to this one. Um, yeah, and, and it can really take you away. I mean, you know, um, I'm sure you had, you've had that experience of almost feel like an out-of-body experience sometimes when you're dancing. Like, I mean, you're, it's you're, a, in another, you're in another place somewhere. It's a cathartic thing, you know. When you get to that place where... Um, I talk to my students about it all the time. You know, in dance class, you're coming into class for 90 minutes, all right? And you're trying to get to a place that sometimes it takes us three or four hours to get to. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? Because when you get to a club, you're, you're walking in and you're looking at a dance floor that has probably been going on already for a couple of hours, right? Um, and you're like, wow, they're moving because at this point, we've heard so much music. Our body has built up so much understanding of what's going on that we can move in tandem now because we've had all this time to do that in 90 minutes it's impossible to do that wow it's impossible like to try to get your body to that place where it can move the way it needs to move at 3 a.m so it takes that much time to, to like get your body attuned yeah i mean people don't think about it but for us the dancing is the outcome of an entire day's worth of stuff. One, you've probably been thinking about going out to that party since Monday of that week. The party's on Friday, let's say. Mm. Right? So you've been thinking about what you're going to be wearing, who's going to be there, what you're going to be doing. You know what I mean? So you've been building this up an entire week. And then you get to the party and everything is as it is plus some. And you get there at one, two o'clock in the morning, and you've been dancing now, and it's five o'clock in the morning. This is a week plus 
hours worth of things going on and coming out of your body at oh. this point. Wow. Yeah. So that loose leg that we're learning in class, although it feels like this, feels like it's just work right now, when you do it at that moment, at 5 a.m., it feels like the world has come to a, to a standstill. Yeah, sometimes and it feels everything like Everything has fallen into place. <laughs> Perfect. Um, so I want to get into the arena of the battle dance. And uh, for my list. <laughs> Uh, for my listeners, that again, the, the idea of a dance of competition goes all the way back to Africa. Um, but can you, for people that don't know what that is, can you kind of describe like how a battle dance works, what it is? Yes. What... All right. Um, so let's 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 give you guys some context first, so we can so you can understand exactly what we're talking about. Um, right now, it's called battling. Um, in the earlier days, it was just called a dance competition. And let me tell you, explain to you how it worked. Um, nine times out of ten, there was no sign-up or anything like that. The MC would probably walk out on stage and be like, hey, we're doing our dance competition now. Does anybody want to dance? That type of situation. And then if you were edged on by your friends, you went up on stage and you danced. And one by one, you danced for however long they they'd let you go. It wasn't even like a timed thing. You would just dance, 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 dance. And then they'd be like, okay, next person. And then one by one, they would bring you up to the front and who the crowd thought was the best dancer at that time is who won the competition. So it wasn't like rounds, 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 rounds per se of dancing or bracket systems or anything like that. What would happen sometimes is if you would have, you know, two people who the crowd thinks should dance against each other, then that would happen in the case of Ejo versus John Brown. If you guys are not, <laughs> not familiar with that battle, I, I suggest you look that one up. Um, it is very much on YouTube. Um, and so that's how dance competitions went. Um, the Asian market has followed the BIPOC community since the beginning, since Motown, since before Motown, you go to Asia, they have everything. They've collected everything. Um, and they observe everything. And the um, music, everything. They love the music and everything. Yeah, yeah. Love everything. Everything about our culture, they absolutely love it and adore it and collect it. Um, kind of jealous of that fact because we don't even have that same admiration, but <laughs> another conversation for another day. Um, so in their organizational skills, I think they are the one who structured out the battles that go on now, um, meaning bracket systems and all of that types of types of things. So now how battles go is pretty much like an Olympic system. You have a bunch of people who enter into a preliminary from that preliminary a group of individuals are selected and then from there you go into brackets of it can be anywhere from 16 to 32 whatever and then you go down to one person um and it can be one round each it can be two rounds each it could be three rounds each whichever however the, the things go um street dance first saw this happen in new york per se at that very event that I told you about, House Dance International, that Brian Green did. In this event, he did battles for all styles. So there was popping battles, there were breaking battles, there were hip-hop battles, there were locking battles. And I, I mean, these are times, this was a time in New York where a lot of these styles didn't even have that many people in it, but still, people were trying to battle in it. Um, I was the first house champion for HDI. Oh, nice. Yeah, for HDI for and House Dance Conference. So, so, um, so that, uh, let's break it down for a minute. So, around, how, how long is a round, generally? Uh, how long do you have to dance? Um, in the preliminaries, it's normally 30 seconds to 45 seconds. Okay. To to prove to whoever's looking at you 
that you're worthy of being selected to be in the top, let's say for most battles, it's a top 16, to be in the top 16. So they're going to select out of however many entrants enter, they're only picking 16 people. Hmm. Right? Um, Here in New York, it's not that bad because you'll probably have, I'd say, 50 60 entrants the most in a in a that's a lot um in a giving gen- genre but outside of america you're talking about 200 300 people <laughs> wow so that's a lot of whittling yeah. down whittling yeah, down yeah. it's a lot of, it's a lot it's a lot of whittling down it's a lot of understanding having judges that understand what they're looking at mm-hmm. which is another conversation for another day mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> hey I so preliminary you have 30 seconds and then uh, normally in the top 16, top eight, top four, it's two rounds each. So you go once, the other person goes once. You go the second time, the other person goes the second time. And then the judges deliberate and select who the winner is going to be. From top two to the final, uh, those are three rounds each. Um, and it's no time limit. So you can go for as long as you want to go, each three rounds, and then that's it. Um for top 16 all the way down to top four, it's normally, like I said, 45 seconds to 30 seconds around. Now, um, uh, given a situation where you have a choice as, as, as a, in a battle, um, one dancer gets to go first or can choose to go first or second. Um, would you rather go, do you prefer to go first or do you prefer to go second? Um, okay, so most dancers will most likely say they will go second. Um, And that's only because they don't understand what a battle is. And it's never been really thoroughly explained. Probably this is probably the first conversation about it that to my knowledge anyway. All right. So think about a battle like a debate, right? In the Mm -hmm. debate, there's a question that's posed and you get to go first. That means you get to pose the question. And then that person coming back to you has to then refute your questions. Right. Right. So in a battle, if you go first and you set the pace, that person coming out has to match your pace. And that also gives you an idea of what they can and cannot do. So you think first it might be the advantage? Of course. Ah. See, I, I, I thought my, the, uh, my, my the, thinking, the thinking might be like, like I want to see what he's got exactly. so I know what I'm dealing with, you know, exactly. by going second. You want to see what he's got so I can know what I'm dealing with. And he comes out and he does this, and you're like, oh, that's all he's got? And then you proceed to go into your bag of whatever. Uh-huh. So you use all of your good stuff in your first round (laughs) (laughs) yes so now you're like i got him he's he's on the ropes and then he comes back and takes all of the good stuff that you just did and takes it to a whole nother level (laughs) you no longer have anything to use because you've used up all your good stuff yeah you know what this is a very strategic game that is played. And a lot of dancers don't know this. This is how I went on winning so many battles for so many years, because a lot of dancers just didn't know how, how to do this, like how to do this. They shot their full, their full wad and then um, didn't have anything left. You know what I noticed sometimes uh, I've been to battles where the it's close and the, and the judges decide to have one more round, an extra round. Right. And, Sometimes you'll you, you can tell when a dancer's probably out because he'll do the same thing he did in the first two rounds or something like that. Correct. Where it seems um, like if you get into that third round, you should pull out something new. You again, know. This, this is something that a lot of dancers don't understand, right? So you, you've done your first and second round, and the judges ask for you to do a tiebreaker, meaning you are tied. So that means... Anything that you did in the two rounds before no longer count. The only thing that's going to count is this round right here. But a lot of dancers are still thinking about, well, I won the first. I think I won the first two. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, but they don't realize that you're only being judged right now on this one round right now, just this one. So if you don't have what it takes to make it through this round right here, you're out of there. Wow. So you, you should have some, it's, I guess, like a basketball team that has depth, right? You should have some depth, you know, in terms of what you can do, you know? Uh, I guess. The thing about it is, you know, it, it's, it's hard to say that when you're not in the battle because, you know, once the battle starts, you, your blood is pumping, you're, you're trying to go through, you know what I mean? And, again, remember what I said about people are trying to get your, their bodies to move at a certain level that takes hours to do. Mm. Mm-hmm. Right? So you're at a battle now where you're being asked to dance at the peak of your dancing in 45 seconds. Now go. <laughs> ah, I see. Yeah. You know I mean? Now you have to get your body to that place really quick, which is why if you go to a lot of these battles, they'll have like a warm up circle or whatever. But again, you're still only talking about at most an hour. Right, right, right. This is then, fascinating. Yeah. If you go to those battles, a lot of the times people are putting more emphasis into the warm up sessions, like trying to get their bodies warmed up and they're doing so much. And believe it or not, if you do something, even though it's really cool and your body's like, all right, I've done that once already, it may not want to do it again. Oh, okay. That's you know so what interesting, I mean? yeah. So it's not even like you you didn't want to do the move or whatever. Your body also has a play in that. Like, all right, I've done that already. I'm not, not doing that again now. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, uh, one of the most epic battles that I witnessed and um, – it was the first year of um, HDI, and it was the uh, voguing competition. Oh, that's always voguing and, it, and whacking is always the best. And it was um, Javier Ninja. I can't remember the guy that he faced, but they they gave everything, man. You know they 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 did everything. They <laughs> it was just fantastic. You know, it was just fantastic how much energy and how much they gave to the to the competition. He is a force to be reckoned with, that Javier Ninja. <laughs> at, <laughs> at the end, um, they got to the, they they got into a tie, and then at the end, they actually they had them dance together at the same time. Same. That's a, that's another variation, right? Yes. They had them dance together, and at the end of the piece, they both ended up on the judges' table. Javier was in a headstand on the judges' table, <laughs> and the other guy was in a split. On the judges' table, and the like, crowd went wild. <laughs> I mean, if you if you're part of the Vogue scene, that's a normal that's a normal occurrence in the Vogue scene. Uh-huh. Um, for one, for dancers to go at the same time, and for them to be on it because you're serving the judges at that point. Right. Uh, and so it's it's a no holds bar. Um, I believe that was the year that Javier did the dip off the table, if memory serves. Yes, yes, it was fantastic. <laughs> I mean, they gave their blood. They they gave their blood, yeah. you know. Yes, 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 yes. Mm-hmm. If memory serves, that was the year. <laughs> and, you know, it, you're in the battle, so if you see dancers doing things like that, you're like, okay, I, got, I have to step my game up right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because this is called house dance, and the Vogas are going crazy right now. <laughs> yeah, they, I mean? they, they really put on a show. They're really good. Really good. So, I mean, that's that's basically how battle goes. There's a whole battle conversation that needs to be had within our community so, to help them understand exactly what they can and cannot do, what can and cannot be um, changed, and things that they just need to understand internationally as well as locally. Um, because, you know, local battles are one thing. And then when you're like, all right, and you step out into the national realm, it's a whole different thing. It's like competing around your block and then competing in the Olympics. It's, it's, there's totally different things going on there. Now, if you if you know that you have a battle coming up uh, and, and you happen to know, I guess sometimes you don't know who you'll be dancing with. But do you try and try and research your opponent, try and watch how he dances or something like that ahead of time or not really? Um. For me, when I was doing it, it was a little bit harder because we didn't have that. That wasn't an option. Well, I mean, it, it was. I mean, even in ni- now, even in ninety, like there wasn't there wasn't that much. I mean, you knew 
of the person could potentially be at the battle and you knew of what that person could potentially do, but you didn't have what they have now. Like you could go on Instagram and look at all their previous battles and see what they do and all of that kind of stuff. Right, right, right. But, study them and stuff. Yeah, and study and stuff like that. Uh, I, I think if you did not do that now, you would be setting yourself up for failure. Uh-huh. Um, one, I think that if you're entering a battle, you should definitely have as much information as you possibly can. Um, mm-hmm. And But again, the thing about what we do specifically is, even though somebody is known for something, they also have the option of completely coming with something totally different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you really, you can prepare for it, but you can only prepare but so much. Right, right, I see what you're saying. Uh, I want to talk about another epic battle that sticks in my mind. Sibo versus Koflo. <laughs> if you recall, I think I did a backflip off the table that year, did you? <laughs> yes, yes. I remember. Um, um, but uh, Koflo is nice. Koflo is not, nice. That's my man. all the way live um and if you look online we have met multiple times in many different places um he's my man 50 grand without a doubt and he pulls it out of me every single time every time time we're we're in a battle he's like i'm gonna make you work i'm like let's go (laughs) i mean let's go um and i could tell you it could go either way at any given time when you're when it's that level of dance and there's no animosity there whatsoever whether he wins or whether i win it, it, it's not because it's not that for either one of us and i know that because he's a good friend of mine um we're there to push each other to be the best we possibly can be at that moment because we know that nobody's gonna understand what it is that we're doing right now <laughs> they're not gonna they're not gonna understand what we're about to do right now because he <laughs> He's giving me vibes. I'm giving him vibes. Like we're we're taking it to us dancing at the club together, and but they don't understand that. Nobody understands that. They don't. You know what I mean? They don't yeah. understand conversation. They don't understand that vernacular. So it's just like, all right, let's go. Yeah, Kofo is nice. He has a very smooth style. You know, I really liked him a lot. It's uh, they're very few dancers. There, a lot of the dancers that are out now are excellent great dancers but they're also very much battle dancers meaning they train for battles um but there are dancers who come very much from the club like cold flow like Mamson, like mish like hito like when i dance with them it's a totally different conversation that's going on yeah <laughs> like all right where we going Oh, you all want to take it to Soundback to be bar tonight? All right, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a if that's your epic battle, um, there's a there's a battle that I like for everybody to see, and that's me versus Hideki. Sibo versus Hideki. Oh, I love Hideki. Yeah. Um, uh, and, uh, uh, when I saw Hideki at, at HD one, I fell in love with his style, his his sense of, of whimsicalness. I don't know if that's a word, yeah. but. His sense of fun when he's dancing is very interesting. So whenever he and I get into this situation, that is a full-out conversation going on right there. And I'm talking about we're we're literally talking to each other (laughs) as we're dancing. Like, you ain't got this. I know you don't have this. (laughs) What what you going to do now? Yeah, I'm going to check that out. Uh, It's on the YouTube yeah, it's definitely yeah, on YouTube. Um, it's uh, Step Your Game Up, uh, Hideki versus Sibo. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. Now, so, um, so, other epic battles. What what other epic battles should people check out? Um, Frankie J versus Hito. Um, mm-hmm. Ijo versus Capella. Um, uh, who else? Um, do you remember a, a, a dancer from Chicago named Miss Hoops? I do not. Miss uh, Hoops? I do not. Yeah. Huh. Not to check that out. That that doesn't yeah. sound familiar at all to me. <laughs> um, something I want to I want to go back to that you mentioned, and what you said, no animosity. 
there's another thing that I noticed that I really liked when I was watching the dancers is um, you guys appreciate each other. You know, like like um, like like say two dancers are battling, even though they're in a battle, you see the other dancer like shaking his head, like not like acknowledging, oh, okay, that was nice. You know, appreciating each other. Remember what I said about this being a debate. Mm-hmm. Part of being a good debater is having strong people to debate against. You know what I mean? So you can appreciate somebody because they're helping you to be better. Right. You know what I mean? And that's what battles are. Not just house battles, but battles on a whole, especially in our community, that people look at it and I right, said so just think about it for a second in context, right? A time where we're racially seg- segregated, where monetarily segregated, we're all kinds of segregated and we're all put in this place together and we're dancing and people don't understand what they're looking at. It's just like if you come to my house on Thanksgiving, you would swear everybody's about to fight each other. Oh, right. <laughs> because it's a lot of screaming, it's a lot of yelling, blah, 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 because of, that's how we show love for each other. So when people walk into a club and see what we're doing, they're like, it looks so aggressive and they were in each other's face and, you know, they were, they were you know what I mean? The, these are the descriptions. But when I look at it, I'm like, I didn't see any of that. What are you talking about? <laughs> right. I didn't see any, none of those things were what I saw. Um, and that's, that's, so it's put out there as this aggressive thing and you have to be fighting against each other, but that's not initially what it was for. Like we, it was, it was for us to build each other up. Right. I mean, I remember, um, uh, when Ijo was, um, he was emceeing and he kept kind of stressing that, you know, we, we, we still love, you know, keep the love present, even though we're battling, let's keep the love present. Present, you know? right. And, uh, I thought that was really cool. I think again, I don't these are just things that I don't think a lot of people know because no one's had this conversation. Like no one is talking about this. It's just like it's it's understood knowledge that is actually not understood. Everybody's right. like, Oh yeah, I know what a battle is, but they, no one's having the actual conversation like, okay, this is actually what a battle is and what it should be about and how it should be and how you can be better from it and all of those types of things. So that way it's not because it's definitely going left. Like I see a lot <laughs> of battles now where people are like pushing each other and yo, my man, I'm just trying to tell you, you don't know me like that. <laughs> oh yeah. Have you have you ever seen a, a battle break out into a fight, an actual fight? Yeah, I have. Hmm. Um, and again, that's all due to the fact of has has that happened in actual clubs? Yes, it has. Um, but again, that's normally between two people who know each other, who have outside situations going on that probably have absolutely nothing to do. Not even probably definitely have nothing to do with dance that's going on. It's more about else that's going on that has spilled over into, but you have people who are complete strangers walking up to each other in a, in a dance situation and are like slapping each other in the face and mushing each other and i'm just like you don't even know that person yeah oh, but it's it's all part of battling though no it is not <laughs> yeah yeah no it is not so i mean and granted there are dance styles that require i guess a certain level of physicality but again you need to understand that dance style and to what level. There are certain things that you can and cannot do. I can understand grabbing somebody's t-shirt and they're just getting the energy and they're pushing you. Yeah, I get that. But we're talking about punching people in the chest and, you know, all kinds of craziness. Like, nah. Yeah, yeah. Because it can get out of hand, you know. It can get quickly get out of hand, I guess. Yeah, you meet the wrong one and... <laughs> You meet the wrong one, and they'll get out of hand real quick. (laughs) So um, tell me about your transition. Um, I I guess teaching dance was a natural progression. When when did you start to teach? Actually, it wasn't a natural progression, actually. Um, it, It was one of those things where, all right, I'm going to the club, and I'm dancing around the best dancers in the world, hands down. Dance Fusion, Rocksteady Crew, uh 
elite force. Like they're at the clubs at this time, like going in. You know, I'm mm-hmm. the shorty rock, shorty shorty rock, new on the block, in the party. So they're like, nah, you need to stay on the side. You need, you need to stay on the side. You need to stay on the side. Like I, you know, I'm I'm trying to get down. Like I'm trying to get down. I'm trying to get down. They're like, no, you need to wait. At the time, I'm like a little bit pissed off at the fact that they're not letting me shine. And a lot of arrogance and attitude, like, I'm better. You know what I mean? That type of, that young mentality is still very much going on. Right. Um, not realizing that I have to just watch. You have to, sometimes you have to just watch. And then it's like, oh, okay, now it makes sense. Now, now I know when to go in, when not to go in, what circles are open to everybody and what circles are just for certain people to just, you know, converse. Um, and in watching and having to watch people would ask me questions now i don't know how many of you venture to the club or go to the club um but if you talk to dancers at the club about dancing that's a number one sign that you are not a dancer Hmm. that's interesting (laughs) so dancers on on a regular just will not answer your questions (laughs) or or just be like, yeah, uh, I don't know. And just, just because at that time specifically, you either did this or you did not do this. It wasn't like, Oh, you, you went to school and you learned this. No, 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 no. There was no schools. Then there were no, none of that. Right. I just so happened to be one of those people that when people talk to me, I talked back to them. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? They would ask me questions and I'd be like, yeah, I think this is what this is called or I knew. And so I guess it got around that they could talk to me and people would just talk to me. Still though, I was talking to people, but I didn't necessarily know how to teach. And through talking to people, people then started asking me to show them things. Like, could you show me this? Now, Try to imagine what that's like. You yourself don't know what the steps that you're doing are. And then you have somebody asking you to show them to you. <laughs> so they're like, yo, you did this step last night. Can you show me how you did that? And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I don't even remember what I did. <laughs> no, no, I have no idea what I did last night. No, nah, but you did it all. You do it all the time. See, like, it's this thing that you do with your foot. And then it looks like, and I'm like, I still don't know what you are talking about you know what i mean and it wasn't until i went outside of america because when we're here in america we're living this life we don't necessarily have to look at it or examine it because we're living we're literally living the life day in and day out and then you go outside of america and then you have to look at america from outside and then it's like oh y'all are really like studying us studying us like Looking mm-hmm. at us, looking at us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Being everything that we're wearing and, and this, and they're asking me questions that I'd never really thought to ask because I was just living my life. Everybody around me was doing what I was doing, so I didn't necessarily need to ask those questions. Mm-hmm. And so I started asking those questions. Started asking mom, and it's like, what's this? And she's like, oh, we call that the bump. and we did, You know what I mean? And they were excited by that. Like, to to actually be asked those questions about the dances that they were doing they right. were excited by that uh i till this day i still don't think that anyone has explored that generation of dance and been like you know what were the dances you guys are doing the twist and the mashed potato and all that stuff like no one's really examined that like they talk about it all the time but i don't think they go in depth about like how important that was for the black and brown community at that time because I mean, that was yeah, that would make a good documentary or something, you know, if you could yeah. go back and uh, kind of dig up those dances and, and find out what they meant to people at the time. Yeah, that'd be yeah. good. I mean, so, you know, and then, you know, it's it's a lot of just common vernacular things that we do that made its way into dance. You know what I mean? Certain walks, certain certain ways that we give each other five, the daps that we do, you know what I mean? All those things made their way into the dances that we do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even the handshakes, like, you know, everybody's got a different handshake that they do. Therefore, 
every hand motion that we do is different. Therefore, every foot motion that we do is different, even though it's the same hand motion. Right, right, right. So making that transition into teaching, it was not a natural transition. It was very, very difficult. It took me a long time to learn how to count to eight. Um, and <laughs> because, you know, I was, when we got into those situations where we were actually teaching, we were being told, oh, well, you know, you have to, you have to teach this way. This is the way that it needs to be taught. And so we're like, okay, because that's what we're being told. No one's having a conversation with us. Like, how do you want to teach this that you guys do? Whatever it is that you do, we're being told if you want what you do to be considered dance, because at that time it wasn't even considered dance. These are the things that you need to do in order for it to be considered. Yeah, I had a um, a thought about that too. Is uh, I've seen I've seen uh, actually I've seen um, videos of of Ejo teaching and and I've seen your teaching as well. And I had a little bit of thought about that in terms of. Um, how does the student become, in other words, you guys are kind of showing what you guys do and the students kind of look like, you know, exact replicas of, of you guys. Uh, but, but but where does the student get to take that knowledge and somehow make it, put his own spin on that? How does that happen? Okay, so it's not, it's not the students are exact replicas of us. All right. Um, we all moved differently because we all grew up in the same house. I mean, grew up in different houses. That was weird just now what I just said. <laughs> we all moved differently because we all grew up in different houses, right? So because of that, we all move differently. Now, you have people who live in similar neighborhoods and have similar house, house structures that move similarly because their housing structure is similar, right? Um, and you will notice that a lot of people will gravitate towards teachers that move the way they move. Oh, okay. Which is why you have that people looking a lot alike, right? Because people are gravitating towards people who move like that. Like, I, I can almost look at a dancer and tell who, who the teacher who was. Right, who, yeah. right, right. <laughs> now, where where the separation happens is it's not necessarily – the teacher's fault or the student's fault is, again, there's never been that conversation as to how we want to teach what we do and what we want the students to take from it. And again, this isn't something that I learned even until I opened my own studio. Once I had my own studio, then it became something totally different. Then it became about, I need you to understand why you move more than learning how to move. Ah, yeah. Right? And so... Once you understand how you move, then you're free to be able to dis to discover how you want to move. But if you're just learning to move, then you're just learning moves. That's all you're learning is just moves. So you, no matter how, what way you put those moves together, it's always going to look the same way because you only learn the moves. Oh wow, that's deep. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it doesn't matter if you if you're like, all right, I'm gonna. I'm going to put a slide here instead of a step. It's still going to look like a move, even though you're, you've already started to finesse it and make it try to make it somewhat your own. You yourself have not applied yourself to that step. Therefore, the moves all look the same. Um, and that's a message that I've heard all the teachers that teach say to the students um, because they don't they think about choreography as all right, I need to learn the choreography as it is in class right now they don't think about choreography as application so choreography is not about for you to master this choreography right now it's for you to think about the ideas that that teacher is using to put those steps together because those ideas are the same kind of ideas that you could use so you have examples of how ideas work not just steps yeah, I get what you're saying. It's like trying to find your own voice. You know, exactly. Within it. Hey, Sibo, I could talk about this all day, but we're kind of <laughs> at the end of our time. Of um, course. <laughs> but I really appreciate you coming on the podcast, and I'd like to thank you for everything you do for the house culture. 
thank you for this podcast and everything that you are doing for the house definitely needed and i i appreciate you for doing it okay all right sibo thanks a lot i appreciate you you, all right thank you bye-bye Bye. Once again, I'd like to thank my guest, Sibo Terry Carr, for taking us inside the Dancer's Circle, um, a place that I like to visit frequently. And we're going to have some more shows coming up in the future with some of the top dancers in the house music scene. Uh, stay tuned. Next week, we have a great interview with hot producer Frankie Estevez from Fusion Music. Okay, if you like the program, tell two people, subscribe, spread the word. We want to grow and grow and grow. Once again, this has been DJ Master Killer, also known as Gary Seven. Stay tuned. We'll see you next time. For the love of house. Thank you.